Okay, uh, hey everyone, look, we've got a special bonus episode here on Spilling the GNT. We've got the privilege of chatting with a drag race done under season two queen. Now, a quick rundown on some of her highlights and CVs. She's a producer, a choreographer for many a gigs, for many a years, worked alongside um, Cindy Lauper, Jimmy Barnes, Cher, Kylie and Denny Minogue, Tina Arena, semi-finalist in 2016's Australia's Got Talent, the winner of numerous Diva Awards, and that's Drag Industry Variety Awards, including Entertainer of the Year, Sydney's Favourite Drag Queen and Choreographer of the Year, and of course, recently, a star, a superstar <laughs> from Drag Race down on the season two, <laughs> we have the super duper Mini Cooper. Woo! <laughs> Hello. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's very early there for you. It's okay. I'm used to getting up early <laughs> and going to bed late. <laughs> Before we get started, I want to be the first person interviewee to walk into the podcast. <laughs> TV first. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where that had gone. <laughs> oh, you've stolen my television. <laughs> I need to get into your mind for that because Tom, Tom and I, I mean, Tom was fashion. Tom was obsessed with that look. I thought when it was you just like down with that TV. <laughs> I thought it was just a fantastic intersection of like camp and fashion. I loved it. Well, the idea, have you ever seen Kylie Minogue like news? Yes. Yeah, that's sort of the reference. So ah, I had Yes, yes, yes. And everybody was making stuff out of greenery and I thought, oh, I want to be different. And I had freezer bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually did learn how to sew unbeknownst to Beverly. <laughs> but I went I went to sew the material and it started to rip. So I decided I'll stable it, stable it together. Yeah. And so and there was a television in the dump, so I thought I'll use that as a clutch and off I Brilliant. went. <laughs> Fantastic. I thought there was like a real kind of like 80s Mugler, Paco Raban kind of vibe, oh, but I really enjoyed it. Do you know what? All the people like fashion like the outfit. All those that don't, don't like fashion. Well, those people <laughs> don't have any taste, Mini, frankly. That's all I can say. I just copy and paste everything <laughs> Tom says every week. I'm like, yeah, it's very avant-garde. Yeah. It's a bit like my... It's a bit like my time on the show, polarizing. You either like it or you don't. <laughs> I mean, we have many. What did you? What was it like watching yourself back? Mm. Oh, it was actually really hard to watch myself back, to be honest. And then I'd watch myself like the thing with Beverly on the last episode because I was sort of at the end of my like my mental mm. state by that point. I wasn't thinking right, and it was funny. They didn't show. I actually had spoken about it in the morning, but they didn't show that. So when Rue asked me the question, oh, you're having conflict with the younger contestants, that was the thing, first thing on my mind and out it mm-hmm. popped. And then I was like, oh, my God, I watched that back and thought, you idiot. <laughs> but we, we all make mistakes, though, and I just make a lot. <laughs> well, I'm hearing quite a lot of self-reproach as you speak in there, Minnie, but you had so many highlights on the show as well. What were your favourite moments looking back? Well, my favourite mo- moments were interacting with Rue because yeah. every time I interacted with him, it was funny except for the Snatch Game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you seem to have that special kind of, well, ability to make Rue laugh that many a queen will envy. And your rapport with Rue seemed really natural and she was really kind of enjoying your energy. Yeah, there, were like, there was one instant, <clears throat> like 
we had a walkthrough before the acting challenge and um, I'd made up with Albury because, you know, that was my thing, always making up, saying sorry. <laughs> and um, I, Rue brought up again saying, oh, I've had conflict with the younger contestants. I said, oh, I don't know why Albury's so upset. When I started drag, I was told I was unwatchable and that he was in <laughs> And he you? goes, you should, you should release, release an album called Unwatchable and said, yeah, I can't wait not to buy it. So, so basically, you're being kind to Aubrey and what yeah. you're saying compared to the feedback you were given. Yeah. Well, I, it was interesting. We were all sitting around talking about each other's outfits, but for some reason my opinion had more of an effect than other people's. Because I was, I was told my outfit was crap. So, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> Ageism seems to play a, a quite a big um a, a part of your your storyline, and rightfully so, because I think it's something that we need to touch about. Some of the queens, especially early on in episode one, I mean, faux fur. The first question she asked you was, "How old are you?" <laughs> Took us right back to season seven and Candy yep. Ho, Candy Ho, and Tempest de Jour asking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, the- and it's so weird. Foe is—I don't know Foe very well. I know I've known Foe for years, but we, I wouldn't say we're friends. We've not worked together, but she knows who I am. So for that <laughs> to be the first question, I go, "Okay, that's really bizarre." Yeah, and but I think it was ageism from both sides for Beverly and me. Mm-hmm. the youngest and the oldest, because we both had similar conflicts, which I found very interesting because yeah. when I left, Beverly said she felt very alone, which I find really interesting. And Beverly and I get on like a house on fire now, believe it or not. Well, that's that's really interesting. It's, is there something about the environment of the show that kind of, you've kind of hinted at it already, something about the environment of the show that fosters kind of, you know, not, I mean, it's such a strange environment, isn't it? Not quite being yourself or fostering conflict or something. Well, yeah, I don't think it, it's really weird because you've got to remember we were in quarantine for two weeks prior to going in, yes. plus lockdown in Sydney because I didn't want to get COVID to get there. So I had been isolated for probably a month mm. before even walking into the room. So for your mental health, that can't be great. Absolutely. And then, and then it was just, my, you know, my interaction with Aubrey and that created conflict and then Pamara and my dyslexia, that created conflict. Of and course, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew she was coming for me. Yeah. Like I just could sense like, okay, she knows, here we go. Mm. And there we go. And you saw it play out on TV. Yeah. Well, first of all, it was, it was faux fur with the first line. Mm-hmm. And then in that same episode, and I'm guessing the same day or two, um, it was Aubrey Have and Beverly who both came and said, we're the youngest and so forth, therefore you are. And it was- yeah. And you know what's really sad about that is Beverly was so happy to meet me because she'd seen my drag story, which she'd showed to her parents. Uh-huh. So she was actually, we had a really lovely moment. So that edit just yeah. made it look, it turned it into something it wasn't. It was actually Faux that was the one that was being the ageist, that I felt. An interesting angle as well, isn't it, in the sense of the edit? Were, were, were there some really lovely moments that didn't make the edit that you wish had made the edit? Oh, absolutely. The yeah. first time I met Beverly. And even yeah. when my conflict with Beverly, like I'd realised I'd make, made a mistake and we had such a nice moment. Mm-hmm. And I apologised to her. I said, because 
what was happening, I, they were grouping up on me and yelling at me at some points, which wasn't right. shown on TV. Oh, okay. So I thought Beverly was part of that group because I, when people are at you, you have no mm. idea who it is. And I asked the group who it was, and hence why I left names off the mirror, <laughs> which wasn't shown. <laughs> But that's it's because I think there was a time, like I said, it doesn't look like it was shown well, but there was a, a hint because um, we were having a little rewatch a minute ago in that first episode mm. of Beverly and her talking head being excited to see you talking yeah. about your reputation and the like. Yeah. And that's why I was so upset with Beverly when I'd found out she wasn't one of the people that were part of that group. Yeah. So, and I felt really bad. That's why I was like, oh, you're talking, because they were holding me accountable for talking about Pamara. Mm -hmm. So I was holding Beverly accountable. That was sort of my train of thought. I, everybody talks about behind everyone back wearing confessionals. What are we doing? Of course, talking of course. about that's what we're doing. Where everyone's talking about, yeah, exactly. Yes. And I was asked the question, and I wasn't thinking straight. I obviously wasn't in my right mind to blurt that out. I was just looking at Rue like a person, not like the judge of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the age and prejudice thing for me, I'm. I need to understand because in the real in the real world. Um, in the drag in, in the drag environment or in a mm. drag show behind the scenes in the in the workplace, I don't think, or maybe there is, is there this prejudice where a queen as seasoned and you know everyone has said a lot of people have said legendary as yourself. Do you think queens who are so new to the scene would ha openly have this prejudice against you? Or is there something about the show that gives them permission? To talk to people in a certain way and to be, open. I think it's the sh I think it's the show. See me walking in with my hence you read my resume. Yeah, yes. That that to the contestants is quite intimidating. Then yes. I'm getting along with Rue, so mm -hmm. I don't think it's got to do with my age. I think it's got to do with my experience. Yeah. yeah so there's an intimidation factor there, perhaps, and perhaps. I think it's more that. Yeah, some of the queens who felt intimidated perhaps kind of inverted that and became a bit critical of you, or you know, were, were, were you know perhaps starting some some more negative interactions there. Yeah, and it's a competition. People got to win. Like Molly, I didn't know Molly, and all of a sudden she's thinking I'm this big. Oh, Molly's going to turn on me, so I want to put the ribbon on Molly. Like really, really, <laughs> and that was. Were you ever nervous with Rue? Because you, there are certain queens that you watch on the show who just seem to chat to her yeah. so freely. And because there's no nerves, it's just, it flows. The conversation flows. And that's, you seem to have that with Rue. Where did that yeah. come from? I don't know. It happened when on Australia's Got Talent as well. Like when I talk to the, they're just people and they, they want to have fun. Yes. And I want to have fun. So, that's where the I'm just all up for the joke. Let's have a good time, and we're just people. But I don't sit there and go, "Oh my God, he's judging me. He's judging me." I'm not. I'm not fearful of that. <laughs> you until I was being judged. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until that one time. <laughs> yeah. like on our podcast, we we view the show, we watch the show um, from the lens of our profession and our skills and our experience. I mean, Tom's a psychiatrist. I've got a background in dance and choreography. So besides being super fans, we like to look at the competitive side, the psychological side, and how this unique set of circumstances affect people. Yep. And that's so. what I love about your podcast because oh. when I listen to – yeah, because I listen to other people talk about my behaviour and they go, oh, 
and they talk quite negatively, but then you guys talk about it from a psych- psychological point of view. So it's, which I, it's nice to hear because that's exactly what I felt like in the moment. And I think that's exactly what a lot of our listeners um, especially like to hear. And yeah. this is the first time we've had an extra contestant. So my yeah. question is, so we're what very, your... very honoured, Minnie, you, yeah, you know, to, very... to, to have you. And it was so, you know, so kind of you to get in touch. And it, I think it's so kind of you to say what you say about the podcast. I oh. really appreciate that. Hmm. Oh, for me as a contestant to hear that. And because the thing, for example, with Beverly, people will look at it, oh, Minnie's thrown Beverly under the bus. But you mm-hmm. looked at it, you saw both points of view. Yeah, both you actually saw both points of view, and both can be right. Exactly, and we we always try our best to do that because we we think that, and perhaps this leads on to an interesting question actually, because we we we, we're fully aware that in in the fan base there can be, um, uh, you know, if somebody's a polarizing or strong personality, the fan base can be really toxic at times. (laughs) So we we really try to steer away from that. With you know, we try our best. Is, is that some, does that link to your experience at all? Oh, one hundred percent. Especially with the thing with Beverly and even the dyslexia, like they actually mm. didn't even. Yeah, because I actually did apologise, but they didn't show that in the edit. Mm. And because you, and I love that you noticed that everyone was talking at the same time. Why? Why? Because everyone's saying it's a joke, but I didn't know it was a joke at the time. Mm. So I'm trying to understand, and they're all talking all at once, not one person. So it's hard. And I, I go, I get it, I get it, I'm sorry. But are you going to, because what had happened before yeah. with Aubrey, they didn't apologise to me and Kong had pulled them up on it. That's why I'm asking for the apology. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, but it looks like I'm just demanding this apology out of nowhere. It, it shows the power of a certain edit, doesn't it? You know, if certain yeah. kind of apologies or reconciliations are left out of the edit, it does lead the plot, the plot, as it were, in a certain direction, doesn't it? Yeah, and when and people say blame it on the edit, but like I've got to learn what my truth is and what the show truth is. Mm. They're two separate things. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the way that the show affects contestants' psychological well-being? Oh, that's a big question. Yes. Like <laughs> the seven months coming up to it, to it airing was like being in prison. But now I feel free because at least it's become its thing and I've got to live with what it's become mm-hmm. instead of guessing. Of course, yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of like a because uh, there's a beginning and middle and end to it. The mm. beginning question for me is we know that there's a psychological screening, but do you think that they actually help you mentally prepare for the show? Oh, no. I don't think anyone could ever prepare you for it. Right. Do you think they want to? No, I don't think they do. Mm. And it, it's interesting hearing somebody as experienced as you, Minnie, with your, your, you know, your breadth of experience and having appeared on, you know, lots of TV shows to still find this. There's something special about the drag race experience that's especially difficult from a well-being point of view. Yeah, because you give away all your power and you basically, yeah. they get to dictate how everything happens. Yes, yeah. Like when you go to the bathroom, when you eat, when you go for a walk, like everything is managed so when that, you can speak, when you can talk. That's a very unique kind of stress, isn't it? That removal yeah. of control, that removal of um, power over your day-to-day activities. I, I can only imagine how stressful that is. And for someone that works as a teacher or as a boss and then becoming an Indian with no... No control at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, it must be incredibly stressful. Oh. In, t- in terms of kind of on-set support, like from the showrunners and the producers and that kind of things, what was that like? Um, great. From We have a psychologist online that we can chat to anytime we like, which is really, really great. I'm glad to this, hear that. This is actually really adorable, right? Because yeah. I was talking to Beverly just before her elimination. We were chatting. We've become quite close, Beverly and I. Yeah. And because um, I think our trauma, so to speak, is similar, mm-hmm. very yeah. similar. And um, she was talking about, you know, at the table when she's doing all that self-talk. Mm-hmm. Well, the psychologist had told her to do self-talk. And I said, oh, oh really? Beverly, Beverly, that's what you're meant to do in private, not for the whole room to hear. <laughs> so that's what, that was her doing positive. Isn't oh, that adorable? Yeah, she was saying affirmations out loud, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah. So it made it sound like she was being, oh, da 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 But she was just actually doing positive self-talk is actually really so adorable. I've heard you mention your closeness with Beverly a few times. Are, are there similarities between you as personalities? I think there is. I think we're both quite polarising in different <laughs> kinds of ways. Like definitely it's, strong and vocal personalities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me at my age, and I wasn't at 21. That's why I say to Beverly, I was like, I was nothing like you at 21. I've become like you at 50 because I've had to learn to speak up for myself because I was always a bit like a doormat because right. I was always a pe- I was a people pleaser for a long, long time. So then I started speaking up, but then it creates conflict. It's so interesting. So that's been a real sort of process for you then over the years. And I can, you know, the, the entertainment industry and the, the drag industry must be so challenging to kind of like get out there and get your voice heard and assert yourself. So that's been a real process for you. Yeah, because normally I wouldn't speak up and then I implode. Mm. So then now I approach the problem head on and like to, that's why I'm always having, my confrontation is always to be, uh, come to a conclusion mm. to figure it out why so we can move on because once it's figured out i can move on yes and i think we saw that a few times on the show as well didn't we even if oh, the, totally yeah even if the conclusion wasn't necessarily shown to great satisfaction at all times there definitely were moments where you did come you know come to a better place with with one of the queens on the show and, and move on from it as it were oh totally 100 percent. yeah because we all make mistakes in life, all of us. Of course, of course. And like you say, in such a pressure cooker as you were mm. in, you know, I don't think anybody who's not been on the show can truly imagine what it must be like and um, the pressure you must be under in those circumstances. And that's why everyone is so reactive. Like, look at Hannah with Beverly. She was so, re- so un- it's not like her, but she was yeah. so reactive. It's like just everything just builds up. It, it, it seems to come out of nowhere. Mm. I was when I saw that moment. I was like, "Where did this come from?" Where, it was just, it was just, it was just so some spontaneous. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's uh, I can't get inside her head. But it was obviously something she was carrying for a while, and it just Beverly was irritating at times. Mm. Do you feel that because you weren't there to speak the minds or thoughts of most of the room that other people felt that maybe, okay, no one's saying that, therefore it's not being said, and so they just keep it in, and then eventually? Well, that's what I f- wasn't that interesting. Once I left, the drama got bigger. It didn't get smaller. <laughs> yeah. It actually, 
I felt like Julie Andrews after I left. <laughs> <laughs> She's dancing away. Yeah, certainly no. there was the the Bev and Queen Kong conflict the next episode, wasn't there? Yeah, and then it just with Hannah, it just kept going like like, like that and that until Beverly left. I found it really interesting that it was it was the young people against me, and then it flipped, and it was almost like the old people towards. But I don't know the psychology of it. I just find super weird how it just moved so quickly as well. Did they find you an easier an easier target for some reason to to openly express? And then as soon as you well, yeah, because there was a group of them. Mm. There was a group of group of them. I would say Molly, Aubrey, Pamara, and I think Hannah was in there as well. Mm-hmm. So that's four people against one. And Kong and Spanky weren't, when I'd speak, weren't talking with me. They were talking in confessionals, not in the room. I had no idea when Kong pulled Molly up and said, I can tell Minnie's being isolated by the group. I had no idea that he could sense that. What did the psychologist say to me? The reason why Kong can sense that, because he's a person of colour. He knows what it feels like to be isolated by a group. I remember, I remember you saying specifically as well during that moment, I was like, oh, it's, it's great of Kong to speak, but then Kong also has a reputation, so Kong can speak. If, if You know, you, you wouldn't see someone who was new to the scene have spoken up with someone, but I think he, he's he been there, he's done that, he's, he's got a good reputation, he can speak and he can say, mm. actually, you, you can't say that or you shouldn't say that. Mm. And there is something about Kong that just commands a room. He just has that oh, she, quality. She is regal. Yeah, she has gravitas, oh. isn't she? Definitely. No. But Absolutely. so I, I have a question for you. You said that Minnie's quite <laughs> sensitive, and yes, I am. But I think <laughs> Queen, me, and Beverly are all really super sensitive. The yes, three of us. Definitely. I think what, what, my, our observations about Queen have been is especially in the confessionals, she she shows that sensitivity and she can show a lot of mm. um thoughtfulness about the way that people interact. And of course, things boiled over a bit with Beverly. And it seems like, yeah, when she's under stress, like you, like many other people in the competition, mm. it can come to a head. But then we saw a lot of her taking a step back and being reflective afterwards as well. Mm. Yeah. And I think we're very similar like that, but I think we just deal with it sort of differently. It sounds like, yeah, maybe Queen takes a moment to step back, whereas you like to express it in the moment and kind of, as you say, confront the difficulty head on and Mm. kind of clear the air, as it were. In your words, loose cannon. (laughs) (laughs) In the most most loving way. (laughs) So true, though. I do stand by them. You're such a great TV mini. You're so entertaining. Even though I appreciate that, you know, at at times it was incredibly difficult for you. I mean, you were a star. You made great TV. Yeah, I know. People love the drama. I I did I and I can say this without it, I'm not kissing us. I did not see you leaving early. Yeah, I, same we here. both saw you in the finale, and yeah. I kept wondering if they're going to bring a queen back mm-hmm. because like, they it's the finale, so that's a no. But I was we were we were so shocked and upset that you had left. Do you know what I? Th- I think they sort of did me a favour sending me home. I just mentally I was spent by the end. I really was like 
just having all that conflict in with no support was really hard. Like, you know, I don't like I don't like having conflict of like course. that. That was another thing that I, I wondered about because I was thinking a little bit about the very specific and special stresses of drag race. And you you mentioned support there. And can you tell us a bit about kind of what it was like being away from your normal support system? Well, I didn't have anyone, really. Yeah. There was no one I could sit to because on the bus no one was really talking to me. Like I'd try to engage in conversation. Like even Beverly, I'd try to engage with her, but she just she was having her own little thing. Like I really connected with you. What's weird, I connected with Yuri really. Uh-huh. The most. That's why it's weird. You don't see that on camera, but we That's connected. Right. But you left a special yeah. message for her, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Because Yuri's quiet. So mm-hmm. I would always go sit with Yuri because Yuri wasn't involved in the conversations. And mm-hmm. Yuri didn't know who I was. So he no, had no preconceived ideas of who I was or well, my reputation. Do you think yeah. there's an element of her perhaps being, because she, she, for her, because she didn't know your reputation, perhaps she was less intimidated and so she was more comfortable with you perhaps? 100%. She even says, like, I made her feel comfortable coming into the room because I could see she was nervous and I was yes. like, how are you? Here we go. You can do this. That's and I was uh, I was hoping that we, I got to the next episode we, so we could be on the team for the dance challenge. I actually yeah. left her a nice note. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was something we observed about Yuri as well is that she – she seemed like an artistic, sensitive soul and tended to gravitate towards the more mature queens um, and seemed to value their energy more than the younger queens. Is, is that Was that your observation too? 100%. You yeah. hit the, when you said that, I was like, 100%. You hit the nail yeah. on the head. Yeah. But she was but she did was close with Aubrey, but Aubrey wasn't there very long. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I wonder because like, Aubrey seemed very kind of like visually creative. I wonder if they connected on that level. Absolutely. Yeah. Because Aubrey's, I mean, I've loved some of your looks that you've put up on Instagram since since you left, by the way. Aubrey's put up some fantastic looks too. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Bryce, who does all her costumes, is yes. just incredible. He sent me a message on Instagram, actually. It was very, very nice because obviously I, I put up one of her looks and, and tagged it and stuff. Um, also, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know he was the designer to begin with, so he very rightly asked me for a tag, obviously, as he should. But it led to a nice conversation. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. really, really lovely. Yeah, yeah. Did you anticipate this mental war before doing Drag Race? And um, are you kind of upset of how it affected your competition? Yes, 100%. Because I just wanted to go in and do drag. I didn't right. care if I – I just wanted to do drag. I didn't care if I won or lost. Like, mm-hmm. I was happy to see other people win. Like – I just wanted to do drag and do what I love, I and it became that, and it became all about that other stuff and not about my not about the drag. But I think your joy for drag definitely came through. You're definitely somebody you, we could see the the joy that you took in performance and sharing your art. Definitely, mm. yeah. And that's what I love to do. Your your wit, you you do have, and the Aussies are known for this. But you and you have a you you are quick witted, <laughs> and I always and that was from the get go. From the second that she asked your age and that you look good and you had a clap back yeah. from, when, from the, the first mini challenge with RuPaul saying <laughs> that you still had feelings when they showed you that big um, that big <laughs> sausage. From when you, there was the um, Southern Bell comment you had and you asked the pit crew, are you Southern? <laughs> you you have that very quick wit that I, that I'll just it's be happened. honest, not people, mm. yeah, where, where does it come from? What was what, what, what it there? 
I have no idea. It's just joy. It's just having fun. I don't know if there was even one comment because they didn't show the morning table after I'd won the mini challenge and we were standing around and normally everyone congratulates everyone for winning a challenge. It was only a mini challenge and I said, oh, if no one's going to congratulate me for winning, I said, what did it feel like to lose? Yeah, that's what they get. If no one's going to praise me, let's take it the other way. Yeah, and I just, I don't know where it comes from. Like, it just happens sometimes. Like, when I did Australia's Got Talent, uh, the judge, Dicko, said, there was no putting that genie back in the bottle. I said, if you work hard enough, Dicko, three rubs and a poof. I don't know where it comes from. (laughs) Just pops out. (laughs) Just didn't happen in Snatch Game. Oh, I mean, just just going back to to you for a second though. Like, I often think that um, queer people, in particular, growing up, kind of like feeling a sense of otherness, or perhaps encountering bully bullying for being different. Sometimes humor and a quick wit can become a really effective defense mechanism. Yeah, Uh, it does. I I just wonder, like, for a lot of quick-witted funny queer people as there are many and as as you are one of them um yeah sometimes i think that can be the origin of it but it varies from person to person but rue even said a couple of times i must have been a funny little kid he said that a few (laughs) times actually yeah were you yeah i was i was always cracking a joke always cracking a joke i love to make people laugh i really do love to make people laugh you you cracked rue up on the the Mm. snatch game episode it was ridiculous. It was intimidating to watch. During doing the oh. walkthrough in particular. Oh, you didn't even see half of it. It was like mm. hysterical. Like yeah. it was hilarious. Talk me through your mental game when you weren't getting that same response on set. Do you know what it felt like? It felt like I was being blocked. That's what it felt like. Mm. It just felt like nothing. It was so I was doing what I was asked. Yeah. And it just felt like it was being blocked. Yeah. Just nothing was landing. I feel like drag race contestants are almost conditioned to have to make Rue laugh. And when that, yeah. when that doesn't happen, sometimes you see queens get a bit panicky or they get desperate. You can see their minds at work. Mm. And no matter what they, they do, they just want to, to do anything to make them laugh. And did that, did that kind of affect your snatch game or, or others that you saw? I don't think it helped having the conflict with Beverly walking in because mm. that had just happened prior to that. Yeah. So you're walking in. I wasn't feeling very joyful. And to yeah. be funny, you need to be joyful to be funny. Yeah. So you didn't have that joyful energy that day to channel into the, the performance. No, not at all. Did you have any backup Snatch Game characters? Is there anybody else well, you I, would have done? And it was weird. I, they never asked me what my backup was, which I mm. thought was weird. And it was Jeannie Little. She's an Australian icon who was like a, a TV personality. She was a bit like a drag queen. Oh, okay. darling. She used to make clothes <laughs> out of chase, darling. <laughs> I should have done Jeannie Little. Sounds very funny. That's, that's Yeah, she is. That's really funny on a universal level in, in the sense that you don't have to know her because mm. that kind of exactly. that, 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 the way of behaving and that speech is just genuinely <laughs> funny. Uh, well, but, but, but to your credit, why would you have to think about a plan B when plan A was giving giving her life? Yeah. I, wouldn't, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't even I would be like, okay, cool. That goes back in there. Yeah. I've got my snatch game character, I'm sorted. <laughs> well, I had the best walkthrough, so why wouldn't you do it? It's of like of course, of course. 
There is what was <laughs> I had seen Rue on Ellen. They, this didn't make the cut. And, I, and Macaulay Clock Culkin was meant to play his love interest in the movie. And I said, oh, we looked into Macaulay Culkin and he wasn't available. But we looked into Jeffrey Epstein. He wasn't available either. <laughs> didn't make that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I think that's very funny. I think it's funny too. It's probably slightly too edgy for Drag Race, I think. Well, no, because they made all those Lady Die jokes last year, which died in the car. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And also so, um, the the um, Lindy Chamberlain as well. Yeah. It's very dark humour. Yes. It's something that comes up quite often for us on the podcast is we talk about Drag Race, which is a very mainstream form of drag. Do you think that that kind of sanitizes in a way um, what you can present? Well, that's interesting. We'll talk about my lip sync. <laughs> Here I am, dressed as a clown, yeah. doing a Lady Gaga. I performed it like a clown. Yes. And in my mind, you dress the way you perform, but that does not read on television. Yeah. Does that make sense? You hated yeah. it, didn't you? <laughs> I, looking at Paolo. Yeah, I am. But wait one sec. But... Everybody loves someone shablamming and cartwheeling that has nothing to do with the song and thinks it's a great lip sync. I get very confused by that. <laughs> it was two ways. The one, the one thing. <laughs> stop there. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at him as well. I, I was comforted because I did understand performance, but then I also was like, "Well, what are you supposed to do when you're dressed as a clown?" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna start like doing a ballad performance if if you're a clown because that contrast is too, it's ridiculous. And well, I could have done it like a sad clown. I just thought doing it as a, I thought, how would Lady Gaga perform this as a clown? Do you know what? The That's what I thought. Reminded me of a little bit, Minnie. Did you see when I think Madonna when she performed in Australia, she did like a clown yeah. performance. It reminded yeah, she me did. of that look. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Mm. Because yeah. that actually outfit is actually a uh, traditional Mitzi McIntosh, who now lives in the UK. Uh-huh. That is a real Sydney drag costume, actually. That's right. Okay. That, that's something I had. One thing that I feel that could also help, not just lip syncs, but also the comedy and the snatch game, is when you're performing, and you, you'll know this too, a lot of the times your feedback you get from the audience mm. so you know what's working and you know what's not working so you you would know automatically okay i need to change it up now and that's not just in the lip sync you'll know how to do that in the snatch game because if you're not getting what you know you could get you, you got something else that you can move to mm. but there's no audience so i don't does is that difficult yeah absolutely you know angeria who's watching binge queens from yes from season uh, 14 of us uh, yeah I was chatting to her and we were talking about how hard Snatch Game is and we were talking about how it would be so much easier if there was a live audience because then you you can react off a live Mm -hmm. audience like a live studio or it would make such a difference. Because we hear a a, a laugh track that's applied later. And, you know, I've always found interesting as well. I don't know if you've ever watched any YouTube edits of um, queens who have kind of, in inverted commas, bombed in Snatch Game, but then they add a different laugh track and it takes on a whole different life and again it's the power of the ad there 100 because mm. i actually thought molly was quite good in snatch game actually on the day 
did you yeah because she yeah. was in the bottom three wasn't she yeah, yeah yeah and i actually thought she was quite funny but i didn't know the character either so i thought uh-huh. i thought everyone was funny i was laughing at everyone <laughs> i mean it would be good to get feedback um in the form of an audience because it will let you know as a performer if you're doing well also mm. to feed off but you didn't need an audience when you appeared with queen kong for that brunch roast you two were fabulous yeah we loved your chemistry oh, in that episode that was i i didn't we say we thought that you two were gonna win <laughs> we yeah, thought we you were gonna get the win yeah as the winners and what was really interesting about that episode i was not shown in that episode at all in any confessionals because oh, i actually really? yeah i actually sure. really helped I actually was, because Kong was not in a great place in that episode, and I sat with Kong, because comedy is what I do, and I sat on the bed, because we stayed up, we were allowed to stay up as long as we wanted to work on it, mm-hmm. and I helped, said, stand here, tickle the audience, doing all these gags. Mm-hmm. She wrote all her jokes, but I just gave her timing to stop, to pause, you know, I said, yeah. don't rush over there, you've got to stop Shared to keep that line. Mm-hmm. Which I'm... I know how to do, I know how to do a joke, mm. and because what was a running joke? Every time Rube would come into the room, he would say, "I was mini talking today," so that's why I stayed. <laughs> but that wasn't in the edit, so yeah. people were thinking, "Why is mini off stage?" And that was sort of like a running joke, which I thought was going to be on the show, but it wasn't. And uh, and it's funny how you do things which you think are going to be a running joke or a storyline, and then you see them on the show and they just don't make any sense. Yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? Was was that was that episode a highlight for you as well? Then because we really saw oh, joy in that episode. That was probably one of my happiest times was working mm. with Con because we had such respect for each other. Yes, that was know, very very clear. And you know what's interesting? Even Beverly and I laughed because I reckon Beverly and I would have worked well together. Hmm. That would have been a really interesting combo, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it? And Beverly's actually really quite funny. Mm. But when you're with someone that's stifling and saying, no, that doesn't work, it's very hard. Oh, it's hard. Try doing a podcast with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and speaking of on about moving on, like Tamara and I had our conflict. I thought we move on. And she says, well, I'm going to be professional. I'm going to move on. Yet in the next episode, she's saying, oh, I don't want to chuck a mini. I said, well, maybe if you chucked a mini, you might have done better in the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite, one of my favorite reads, and it wasn't a read, it was comment. And I, I don't know if it's insensitive, but one of the best things, and I say it to you, Tom, as we well, did laugh about this a lot. One of the best things I've ever heard on RuPaul's Drag Race ever is, I don't mind that don't she does drag. I just, I just don't like she gets paid for it. <laughs> when I heard that, I screamed. I well, screamed. And that's what it because what was that context of that conversation? There were two girls, queens I was working with, and I came into the conversation and they were bitching about Pamara. And I said, Oh, I don't care, she does drag, I just hate she gets paid for it. We laughed. Yeah, yeah. But then that queen was making costumes for Pamara and told Pamara. The queen who was bitching. Yes. Ah, well, that's really shady because it sounds like you were throwing in a joke and breaking the tension. And that's exactly what I was. That's what I was. And it's if if that was a reading challenge on the show, that's what I would have said to (laughs) Vermont. We loved we loved that it made it into the edit, though. It was so funny. We've we've quoted at each other. I I, I, I use it. It's a daily thing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to do? I've written a song about it. I'll let you have a pre-recorded it because Coco Jumbo and I have recorded a song together. Awesome. I will let you, I'll send it to you and you can pre-listen to it before we do release it. Lovely. That is one of my favorite. 
<laughs> but it's so funny. funny. That's a, it's a raid. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And of course, can I ask a question just related to that? So, um, I wonder if you, as a, a queen of experience and having worked in the in the business for years, do you think there's a difference in in um, sensitivity to shade and reading between? you and somebody of your stature and perhaps a younger queen who's a bit fresher in the game do you think you become kind of a bit not hardened but do you think you develop a bit of a thicker skin as you as you spend time in this industry well that was my whole point what i was talking about before when um uh when i said to aubrey i was told uh, I was unwatchable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bruce said to me, you wear it like a badge of honour. I said, well, you've got to. <laughs> yeah. Because I was even, I, well, this is a great reason. Tora Heimer once said to me, I can't believe someone would spend so much money on the canvas to fuck up the painting. <laughs> <laughs> See, this other one I'm probably going to steal. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's, and, and that's what a, and that's what a read is. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think the younger generation understand what actually a read is because yeah. that's a read. That's what a read is. It's looking at something and I don't know, it's it's like, did you, have you seen all my, I posted all my reads online. Did you see them by any chance? Yes, we did actually. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw them. Yeah, you showed me them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what great. reads are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very, it's, very it's funny. It's affectionate. It's, yeah. It's, it's, you know, you read the people that you that you mm. love, really. Yeah. And you even read the people you don't like, but you can do it in a way that's fun. Yes. Like it's it's like it's it's, it's there's got to be a punchline to it mm-hmm. with a read. Early early in the season, um, to me as a viewer at least, or maybe if I'm mistaken, sometimes I thought that some of the queens were quite quick to cut you off um, when you were talking about your experiences mm. or what you were experiencing. What? Is this what you encountered? Is this is this what was happening? Yes, because you notice in Untucked, I'd hardly speak at all. Yes. Did you feel there was a need to kind of hold yourself back because of what you'd experienced? Yeah, because there was the, like I wanted to talk about the AIDS dress like, and talk about that, and uh, I won't say who did it, but they were like, oh, you spoke about that on the runway, but there's more to the story. Well, we oh, you know that so, someone – this is the yeah. this is that lovely red dress, the gorgeous dress. Yeah. That was that was a love letter to some, yes. some, of, some of the drag icons, the people that you you yeah, and, you. and it's just even the whole AIDS epidemic and how it affected our community. I wanted yes. to talk about that in a bigger, you know, because they were all saying, "Oh, Minnie's this legend; she's paved the way." But I actually just hold the torch. There's pe- many people before me who actually paved the way before me and i wanted to talk about them and their hard times i had it i've had it pretty easy really it's very very humble of you but also shows a huge amount of perspective as well because you know it's wonderful to pay tribute to those who've who've gone before and especially those that we lost to the hiv and aids crisis yeah and And it really it really did mean a lot because the person who made the dress was actually great friends with them yes and um I just feel like if we don't speak about them, they're forgotten. It's yeah. like, it's it really a, important. It Sorry. A, it, no. no, no, no. We can see the emotion. We could hear it in your voice there, but it was such a beautiful tribute. We, I, mm. I love that. Look, I find it mm. so, I find it, I want to say rude that no, that you wanting to talk about it is something that someone would try to stop. Yeah. And it's such, it's an important message that needs yeah, to be. Yeah. And I, I don't, don't 
I don't think they did it out of for that reason. I think they did it because they felt like I was getting too much attention. Okay. I don't think their intent was to cut me off because of what I was talking about. I did, that's why I won't say their intention. I don't think anything they were doing was to be was in, in ill intent. I don't believe that in that environment. I think what happened on the show they wouldn't behave like that in normal environment. I think, and I do believe that. It was a really beautiful look it, on on a week where there were a lot of beautiful looks. Actually, mm. I loved because I, I loved the way that the the, the age ribbon sort of created a sort of motif with the dress. Mm. I really liked the um, you know the kind of ribbons that came off the arms. They reminded yeah. me of a dress from you know that film What a Way to Go. Uh, yeah, What a Way to Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very evocative of that, and it just had, like, had this classic kind of old school Hollywood, almost sixties ish vibe to it as well. And you know what's funny about my nipples coming out? Legs into a little of it. Their nipples were always coming out, which is quite funny too. <laughs> well, that could be another of your trademarks. Well, exactly. Well, it is. <laughs> I've got so many. The television, my nipples, the heelys. Uh, what else? I had a few. <laughs> Are there any looks that um, you, if you could choose one look that didn't make it onto air that you would, you wish had made it onto air, which one would that be? Oh, my buckles and I was gonna yeah, say that, it was a great your, that one. I really was it a little yeah. bit of a Mugler inspiration with the it's motorcycle it. handlebars. Yes, yeah, because I'd actually done that look prior. I actually did a similar look for my audition video, but when it was mm. buckles and chains, I thought it just goes with bike. But Definitely. I did it all in black and chains and buckles and belts, and it just seemed to go with that as an image. Mm. Just seemed to all go together. Just not putting a whole lot of buckles around me for no reason. I like to have some form of story in mm. everything I wear. Do you know, even my swimsuit was the 80s era, like it had a, yes. something about it. Very elegant, the swimsuit. I love that one as well. Yeah, me yeah. too. But I look you showed, at... showed a lot of versatility there, you know, going from elegant swimwear and like going for the rock, kind of rocker chick vibe for the belts and buckles. A lot of versatility. Well, that was the whole thing of doing the clown like the way I did because I didn't just want to come out and do a sexy clown because <laughs> yeah. a glamour. I sort of wanted to go for a kooky clown. Yeah, it's yeah. it cool and very kind of like faithful, like you say, interpretation of, of of a clown. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of cutting queens, cutting you off, I think one of the one of the moments that really pop into my mind, the moments that we observed in the moment. Was the episode? Um, was episode two when you were talking about dyslexia, and you had told your group, your group, mm. in your own rehearsal that you had it, and then and when it came after the show, after you had done the filming, there came a part where where it seemed to be going was you wanted to say you had told your group you had dyslexia, and you actually wanted to show gratitude mm -hmm. to the whole group for them um, and working with your dyslexia. But in that moment, it, again, it was cut off and mm. um, there was the moment between you and Pomara. And whatever it was a joke, she, she thought it was funny. It was just disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Like I say it like this, if she was talking about her weight and then she mentioned it because she would talk about her weight all the time and then if I laughed the next time she mentioned it, would that be acceptable? Oh, but you said it several times the day before. That's not acceptable. I, but I for something, there's something, something about dyslexia because people can't see it mm -hmm. and it's not spoken about enough actually. The amount of people that have come up to me and said, oh, it's great to see representation because people actually don't understand it because they think right. yeah. they don't actually understand it. You actually can read. It's the way you yes. look at words. It's the, you jumble things. 
things. You, mm-hmm. If you get a huge document, it's like daunting, so you have to break it down. It's quite and confronting it's, sometimes. Even though it's 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 a, a disability, you've you've clearly shown tremendous adaptability and and smartness in overcoming it and 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 kind of you know thriving the way that you have. Because well, you know, I've had to also, learn to. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because have you had other experiences with? Because obviously that was a really script-heavy episode, wasn't it? Yeah, and because I didn't discover I was because when I grew up they didn't they didn't check for things like dyslexia mm. and things like that. I was just couldn't spell and couldn't read. I was stupid. Like I would get up in front of the class for someone that does a job standing in front of people. I would yes. shake because oh. I couldn't read off the paper and then I just learned how to because I did musical theatre and I had to learn scripts Mm -hmm. so just learning words by pictures and if I see something phonetically I have to get someone to tell me what it is but now with your phone like even when I say dyslexia I have to go to my phone and dyslexia I don't even know how to spell it (laughs) but that that just shows your your amazing kind of tenacity and determination there and and how adaptable you've been I'm so sorry to hear that it wasn't picked up early and that you were shamed I, I, that's so terrible to hear. But you know, I'm 50. That's what happened to people with dyslexia back then. It's like it's it's it's, it's picked up a lot more now. Yes, thankfully, thankfully. And they and they're all like, you know, who else is dyslexic? Is Yuri? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she told me afterwards. She goes, "Oh, yeah, I'm dyslexic too, Minnie." <laughs> Oh, so that's something that you, oh, another thing that you bonded over. Yeah, I think her dyslexia is worse than mine, actually. Right. Okay. But again, she's such a, a you know creative and smart person mm. as well. You know, and it, you and know, that like, and that's change. the thing because you're so you're smart. They think, well, mm. why can't you? Re-? They, they they don't look at that as yes. like well, you because we're quite smart. Of course. In other in smart. other ways. In other words, lack of understanding there, isn't it? But it's so wonderful yeah. that you were able to speak about it on the show when not enough of a light is shone on it, I think. And that's exactly what I was meant to do. I was a bit saying to the other group, oh, you guys don't know, but I have to say, so I was just about to give them a compliment and yeah. say how great they were and how supportive they were, but didn't that turn real quick? <laughs> <laughs> it was a moment. We saw, a moment. We saw, yeah. I, I saw the intention and I, I, remember, I remember thinking, Oh, this is this is a moment that we get to see of you know an nice and sincere moment with the team, and I just it was a bit sad that it it, it didn't get to complete. We didn't get to see it that it mm-hmm. had to go that way. And this is why I loved your podcast because you picked up uh, earlier in the day when I was talking to Aubrey, you could hear Pamara talking as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. do you know? You picked up on that. I was like, because the camera was only on me, you didn't show them talking. The two of them talking. I mean, it was only me. Every time there was an interaction, it was always on me. Never the people talking at me, which yeah. I found really peculiar. Not to show both sides. Why they would do that, I don't know. Why they do that? Now, since the show, I'm guessing that um, with like press opportunities and that kind of thing, that there's there's been time spent with the cast outside of the pressure cooker of Drag Race. Is is, is that true? Have you spent time together as a cast? Not really. The only time we've been together as a group was at the premiere. Oh, right. Okay. That, that, yeah. That's interesting to know. That kind of surprises me. I think in my head, I thought that there would have been more time spent together. It, I guess the, the next question I have, like, which which queens have you kept most in touch with and who do you wish to spend more time with? Um, Yuri's the person I became most closest to. Mm-hmm. Beverly and I, it took us months and months and months, but I just persisted. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was always the one reaching out mm-hmm. to everyone. Yeah. But 
at the end of the day, I can only reach out so much if you don't want to give me anything back. But I said to Beverly when we finally talked, I said, why would you want to speak to me? That person you saw in the room wasn't very nice. Mm -hmm. So why would you want to speak to me? I wouldn't want to speak to me either. Like, I get it. I mean, that, that's again, I hear that self-reproach in your voice there, but that's very reflective and generous of you to reach out to her in that way. But it sounds like she responded. Oh, she has. And I think it's because she has had a bit of trolling online because people haven't liked the oh. way she's behaved at times. But she's she's gone both ways. She's had a bit, a bit of positive with the Hannah thing. People were on her side. So mm-hmm. it always flips. It's quite weird. Well, they're a very fickle fan base, Minnie. Oh, my God, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. oh, tell I, me about it. <laughs> I have a question. Did you feel that on this platform you're able to fully be yourself or are there fears about backlash from the fans or being edited in a, in a certain way that kind of made you choreograph how you were on the show? Well, no, not at all. I was just completely 100% honest. But when you see things out of context, Mm -hmm. it's like now I watch it and I go, I wish I didn't do that now. Yeah, I think it's so refreshing to hear that you kind of didn't edit yourself in that way because I think a good example is perhaps queens who've been on once and have faced a backlash and then have been on All Stars, say, and have had to edit themselves. The person who springs to mind the most is Silky Silky Nutmeg and Ash because she had such a negative reception on season 11 just for being very outspoken, really. Mm. And she was portrayed as the antagonist in her plotline with Evie. Probably a lot of racism in there as well, I would say. Mm. And then on All Stars, you could just see her light dimmed that she was having to edit Mm. herself. So I'm really, really happy to hear that that wasn't the case for you. Oh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think Beverly edited herself either. No. And do you know what? My and I love that. Yeah. I loved that first episode where she went down everybody and she read them all, all of us, one, two, three, four. I loved that. <laughs> I thought, good on you, girl. You were asked for your opinion and you gave it. Okay, like so it was her. doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. She just gave her opinion. We're all, everyone is bitching about everyone. She's another everyone. character who gave great TV. But I'll tell you what my favourite Beverly moment was, was actually when she had to say goodbye. And it's almost like a weight was lifted off her and you saw oh. like this new kind of lightness about her. She she said to me she was ready to go that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was ready to go. And even for me on my day, I was she, I was it was time I left as well. I think we can only imagine how exhausting it is. Oh, especially when you're emotionally like yeah. beating you like, and you're on your own. You're in your room. You've got no one to talk to. I was up at four a.m. every day. I did want to ask about that actually, just in terms of like your physical well-being on the show. Are you fed enough? Do you get enough sleep? What's it like? We're fed well, but did I get enough sleep? Probably not, because I'd wake up at four and then we'd leave at Gosh. seven or eight. Gosh, long hours. I wasn't, yeah. I, and I wasn't sleeping. Did the stress prevent you sleeping a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit, yeah. Do you feel that the show wanted to showcase Minnie the best way? Um, I don't think the show made that decision walking in, but what you give them is what you get. Yeah. And I wasn't a finalist, and they need villains and antagonists. So <laughs> I happened, and most of the people that left were all pretty much well got a bit of a villain edit, slightly. It's true. Like Aubrey, Aubrey got it. Yeah. Beverly got it. The only yeah. person that didn't get it was Yuri. Yep, yep, yeah. Yuri was portrayed as as more of a kind of sensitive 
kind of quieter character who kind of expressed yeah. herself like she kind of came alive on the runway that was like the vibe with yuri except she's the shadiest of them all when she <laughs> said to beverly well you've been in the you've been in the bottom twice apparently she said <laughs> i love that Oh, apparently Yuri told me the other day, I actually said they should have sent you both home. (laughs) (laughs) Good shit. That's fantastic. Isn't that fantastic? She's so shaded. I love her for that. (laughs) Have you noticed a trend where Rue girls are favoured over more established queens when it comes to bookings? Yes, absolutely. That's why I wanted to do the show. Oh, that was my next question. Did that yeah. prompt you to do the show? Yeah, that's exactly why. And I thought I wouldn't get on because of my age, actually, because if you look up online, a person my age, it's that many people get on. So it's very much a young person's game. Some of our favourite queens, though, have been the queens who bring kind of like experience and maturity and, you know, have that real kind of they've they've lived in show business and in the world of drag for, for years we love that sensibility we really root for those queens and that's why you root for spanky yes it's exactly we've, and we've, do you know what i love about mm. what about spanky she was it was before the buckles and chain she wrote to me and she goes oh i'm going to get red for my brother i said you know what spanky you've been authentically yourself mm-hmm. and that's why we love you you're not trying to be someone you're not and people that's respond true. to that people yeah. respond to when you're authentic yes. people if you're not authentic people don't respond to it spanky just seems to be there a lot of the time for all the other queens especially in their moments when they aren't feeling the best mm-hmm. yeah mean, one of the moments that i mean she's always i mean she one of the moments that really jump out at me was she was in the bottom the first week mm-hmm. she's bottom two and she knew she was gonna lip sync yeah. and then you see her comforting foe yeah. and i'm mm. like how are you able to do that mm-hmm. when this is the first episode you've just come into drag race you're not doing the best that you thought there's a lot of reputation you're only you're one of the few girls from new zealand and yet here you are comforting someone else in a time where you kind of i would be looking after myself mm. well it just goes to show she's not selfish yeah, mm. yeah, she seems like a really sweet yeah. person. Yeah, I, she's self. It's a bit selfless to do that. Like I was supporting Spanky. It's so funny with my stapler. I had my stapler gun while she was going. Do you want the stapler? <laughs> and I actually left a stapler for her when I left. I left her a stapler, a stapler in one of my wigs. Staple she gets sisters. to wear. Yeah, it's like it was a running joke. I actually think with Spanky as well. That obviously, I think first and foremost, she's a performer. She's multi-talented, very much like you, really funny, great performer. And I've seen while you walked in looking very polished, I think her level of polish has crept up each week. I think she's picking up tips. Absolutely, I agree with that one hundred percent. And I yeah. love Spanky's drag; like, yeah. I really love it. I actually some- love it because it's authentic. That's why I love it. I agree. There's something like wholesome about her drag. If you yeah, totally. Yeah. She's from Palmy. It's Palmy yeah. drag. Yeah, she's yeah, representing yeah. Palmy. Good on her, girl. I love it. Yeah, I love that Palmy advert as well because I'm from a small yeah. town, so I just like connected with that like small town night out vibe. Is there a and it's so- Is there a challenge that you would have slayed? Um, after you had left that you wish you had stayed for mm. I re- it's hard to say like I could have probably done well at the ad one because I'm yes. from Granville there was a Granville train disaster then there was me <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when you wake up in the morning you get a brick through your window <laughs> <laughs> come to Granville <laughs> come to Granville oh every, 
your whole life. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just in that alone, like mm. if you want to feel better about your life, come to Granville. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so easy to watch the show and see the Queens do things and then and then critique it and say, you know what, I could have done this, I could have done that. What do you have to say to people, to the viewers mm. and listeners about, about Drag Race? You don't know until you're in that situation. Like, who would have thought that I'd be so bad at Snatch Game? Even me, I didn't know I would be so bad. You know, it, and it's just like any performance, like you have good and bad days. It happens to all of us. And you might have your bad day on Drag Race. Do you know a thing that I've loved about you today, Minnie, is you, you own every single thing from off the show. You, I every, have to. Um, every, yeah. every single thing that happened, you're just like, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't my finest. Yeah, I did well that week. You just, you're just very, very honest about it. Yeah, well, you have to be because through your failures, you become better. Like you just, there's no point saying, "Oh, I shouldn't have gone home that week." Beverly deserved to stay that week. When I look at that, I go, "Yeah, she deserves to stay 100." Mm. percent Wonderful. I just think that's so cool. Um. I just, the finale. Oh, no, you go on. No, you go on. Yeah. I was, was, was going to lead on to a similar question, I think. <laughs> I could talk to you guys for ages. <laughs> we're having a lovely time. With the finale yeah. this weekend, who were you placing your bets on? Mm. Oh, it's real tricky. Like, because they all got something, every I, one of them. Can I pose it in two questions? A, yeah. who do you think, who do you want to win? And B, who do you think the franchise wants to win? Mm. I it's tricky. I think Kong would be a great representative for drag and the way he holds himself yeah. and a leader. Mm-hmm. That I think, but then my heart thinks Spanky mm-hmm. because she has been so joy. She's got so much talent and joyful. Mm-hmm. And Hannah, she's so polished, professional. Yeah. Like it's tricky. I agree. It's they all bring tricky. something different, don't they? They all bring. But personally, I think Kong brings the thing of being a queen. Yeah. She just, when she walks into the room, even when she walked into the room, I think she's the winner. Oh, I love that entrance look as well with the reference to the King Kong movie. And they're just the way she holds herself and speaks and just just the way she dealt with Hannah, the way she did that, like just extraordinary. That was a real highlight for us, the the mutual respect and the way the yeah. conversation happened. And we we spoke about it because it felt like such a big contrast to season one. Yeah, and that's why she's a winner to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to win a challenge. That's yeah. why she's a winner. That's why she's a representative. That, to me, is, is the, those things that tell you about a person. Mm-hmm. That was episode three, and you appeared with Queen Kong. Was that prompted? How did the, how did that conversation happen? Because mm-hmm. what we saw was you and Queen walk up, and um, we saw Queen, as most Polynesians do, ask for a loan. Sorry, love. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, huh? She's not joking. <laughs> Instant finance. <laughs> but um, well, I, I loved it. It was prompted, but we were talking about doing our, uh, that was our um, trajectory, is that the word? But that's what we were, our theme for our roast mm. was to do that. Oh, what was one of my favourite jokes that didn't make it? Oh, Michelle, you know, I am a woman of an age, but, I, you know, I'm a little bit blind. I can never tell if it's you or Ross Matthews in drag. <laughs> <laughs> what was her reaction? She laughed. I was yeah. going to say. 
it's so it's, funny. The riskier jokes are the best. Yeah. Oh wait, you you don't want to go too risky with no. Rue or Matt. You're so easy to talk to. Can I just say I as, as well? Like it's very early in the morning where you are, and A, you're full of life, and B, you're glowing. You look so youthful. Oh, thank you very much. It's the sunlight coming in. It's complimenting oh, wow. beautifully. Just take it. Just yeah. take it. Yeah. I am the sunlight. I came out today. Not tomorrow. I have to say, what about me? Oh, wow. <laughs> but you know what's funny about the old wow moment? Because what had happened, they said yes to Beverly and I went to congratulate her and Rue went, ah. Uh, so I thought, oh, maybe it's a double save. That's why I go, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We actually had to play that back a couple of times to know what you said there, actually. But it was, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, on, wow. On, on, oh, on the wow. Stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, maybe look like a to- look it, like a tosser. No, it's, it's up there with Thorgy's. Um, oh, oh, Jesus, Jesus gross. gross. <laughs> <laughs> Mini Cooper, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on Spilling the GNT Podcast. You've been a huge treat. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. And can I just say thank you to both of you for being so kind to all the contestants on the show. It's been so joyful. to. Le- I even sent your link to Spanky on week two of the acting challenge. She was feeling a bit down and I sent her your link and it made her feel better. So oh. thank you so much. It's, it was really great for us and our mental health and I thank you for that. That's so oh. sweet. I remember you mentioning that at the time you messaged me on Instagram and I was so like immensely flattered. Um, and it's... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it like- makes it's so nice to hear people speak from that perspective and not just going ah like it's <laughs> some of it's really hard to listen to. I'm like whoa, I'm like okay, block you. <laughs> yeah, that block button is your best friend, Minnie. I, it's your yeah. best friend. <laughs> no, thank you so much for joining us, Minnie, mm. and I'm, I'm looking forward to the finale. I just I do want to say the Drag Race season two has been. A lifesaver to the drag race down under. It's been such a good season. It has been. It has been a good revival mm-hmm. of what everyone um or what everyone thought of drag race season one mm-hmm. of down under. And it's. I feel like it's been a whole redemption season two of season one. That's why I felt like it's been. I, yeah. I agree. Like it just feels like um it's been more joyful. Uh, conversations been more respectful and thoughtful. Um, or most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> we love a bit of drama. What can we say? We love a bit of drama. But, you know, the, the important conversations were, like, handled really, really well. And Yeah, like, they were. You, you were such an integral part of the season and such a big personality. Um, so thank you for all that you, you did on the show. I know they still spoke about me every episode after I, I left. They did. It was they, like every e- <laughs> Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my name again. Oh my name again. Oh my name again. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. when you're polarizing, that's what happens. Yeah, exactly. What, when when you're a legend, Minnie, that's what happens. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I wasn't a legend until I did this show, and now I've become one. Thank you very much. There we oh. go. Well, cheers I, to that. I, I, I say. I think that you were one beforehand because I, yeah. I, I remember. Um, on season one, even the queens were saying that Spanky, especially, was saying that about you already. And I really mm. thought Spanky was a, a, you know, a queen that's already been around for a while. So to hear her say that about you, that she was looking, yeah, at it, was, was, yeah. it was, it was good. It was okay. She's been here. She's done it. She's mm. good. And she was so excited to meet me. It was really sweet. And you know what's funny? I just wish people would meet me for me and not Minnie Cooper, the performer. 
because they're two actually separate things and people have this expectation of what you like and what you because you of that public persona i'm just a person like all of us we're all just people and we all complex and we're all what what did i say i'm like center point tower i've got lots of flaws (laughs) it must be hard to have to always be on for everyone yeah and what's hard when what I'm, I want. That's probably why Yuri and I get along so well because Yuri's just met me for me. Mm. Yes, and yep. not and not for my resume. It really, is... intimidation reputation factor. One hundred percent. Okay, God, it's so hard. It's um, so hard to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Parting is such sweet yeah, sorrow. Yeah. Like, Toodaloo, and good luck to all the winners. Good luck to all the winners, yeah. whoever it is. 